Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Elite Performance Podcast. This one is going to be a shorter one, as it's going to be more of a long-term update on how I'm getting on um, with training, nutrition, and stuff like that. So, as of last week, I started a kind of started a fat loss phase. Um, with the primary goal of the phase to obviously one being to reduce body fat, but two to improve the, um, I suppose some of the key performance indicators for, um, field sport performance. So the two being, um, sprint speed and jump height. So I've spent, um, the last maybe, so since early October, I've been lucky enough to have access to um, my own gym space over the last few weeks, which has been massively beneficial for this. Um, and I know I'm in a privileged position to be able to do that, which has been nice. Um, but this this podcast episode isn't going to be much related to the training side of things. It's going to be more um, an insight into the nutrition side of it and how it's being set up and the top processes that go into that and how what I say and, and the, the information that I give you in this can be used um, in relation to your own goals and how you set that up set that up over the next um, few weeks for yourself as for most of you listen to this if you're um, a field sport athlete or an athlete in general at some point in the next few weeks you are going to have to try and prioritize body composition as you lean in towards having um, your pre-season start somewhere. Um, so it, it would help to do kind of a pre, pre-season pre um, with regards to nutrition and finding out what works for you. Um, but for me at the moment, I'm going to give myself about eight weeks roughly of um, slow and steady progression because I've, I've never really... Um, placed much emphasis on the the nutrition side from the perspective of calorie counting and trying to be a certain body fast, trying to um, hit certain targets that it's just never been of a high importance for me. Um, for me, I'm, I suppose uh, nutrition and food is a very social thing for me. Um, me and my girlfriend love to eat. Um, so like food, food is a very, um, social thing for me. And therefore it, it come like for me to go through a fat loss phase where there's a, a little bit more to think about and a little bit more kind of decision making to be done. It kind of falls down the pecking order in terms of where I want to put my, um, I suppose my my time and my effort. I we do like to to go out for food quite often. We do like to um, make our own meals quite a lot at home. Um, just this past weekend, I made um, kebabs. Um, jump, not exactly the most low calorie option of a dinner, but they tasted unbelievable. And like I said, it's it's that kind of social aspect around making something um, that is, especially now. In, in the middle of a pandemic, it's something that 
jump. It, it, it's hard to kind of give that up to, to prioritize on, on something else. But this this podcast episode will hopefully um, shed light on the, the thought processes and how you can go about doing things for yourself. Um, and how I, I've, I've tried to plan it. I've only ever tried to do it once before. I was due to go to Australia. Um, not, not due to go, actually, that's wrong. I was planning on going maybe three years ago, roughly. So I had planned on doing like a 12 week, maybe longer, maybe four years ago. Um, a four week. Um, or four months, sorry, um, cut, I think it was something like that. Um, and then it ended up falling through, so I ended up not going. Um, so again, it just kind of fell by the wayside and decided not to go ahead with it. And then for the last few years, it's just obviously with the arm break, it's been more of a focus on training and hitting certain things like, um, like your non-negotiables would be your, your hydration. So hitting, um, two and a half to three liters of fluid on most days. Um, trying to hit your 1.6 grams of protein um, per day on most days, um, getting some form of activity done um, on most days. And they're the three that I suppose that I've, I've tried to keep somewhere in um, in the week or across the, the board in terms of being non-negotiable. Um, cause you're not always going to be able to hit your 10,000 steps. You're not always going to be able to, um, train every day or, or do something. And you're not always going to be able to hit your, your protein target for whatever reason. We, we can't get, can't get bogged down on the specifics of things on a day to day basis. Cause there's going to be things that are going to happen within a week. Um, whether that's work related, whether that's, um, for personal reasons or, um, whatever, environment that you're in that that means that you're not going to be able to hit that and we can't get so attached to those things that if something does happen that it, it causes greater stress which is going to lead to something like a binge um or to you like doing the baby out with the bath water and things like that so we we do need to keep in mind that it is very um loose but the more specific you want to get with something like hitting a certain body percentage, losing a certain amount of weight in a certain time period, the more specific you get with that, the more specific and the more rigid you have to be with the things that um, actually matter. Um, so when we think about a fat loss phase, the only thing that matters really is is trying to get yourself into calorie deficit so you have to figure out a way that's going to make that most sustainable for you in the long term as opposed to thinking okay what do I have to eat to get into a calorie deficit because once people start thinking like that they associate the specific foods and meals with the calorie deficit as opposed to understanding that it's the collection of those meals and the the specific outputs that you go through on a daily basis, whether that's um, your daily walks or your um, gym sessions, your home workouts, whatever it is that you do on a daily basis, it's the collection of those things and not the specifics of certain foods because then you demonize certain foods um, you have a bad relationship with certain foods and you feel guilty about eating them on any given time and you run into all these these issues that um, people can develop because of the, the different bits of information that are out there and there's there's plenty of people um, on social media doing great work on those things so um, 
I'm I'm for this specific episode I'm not going to get into that but I suppose it, it does help to um preface this whole thing with that information so that you can understand that um fat loss training muscle gain um developing sprint speed and and all the goals that we can pick regarding training and nutrition are relatively simple concepts they're not easy um but they are simple in theory and it's about finding the way that's going to make it as easy as possible for the specific person whether it's you starting a fat loss phase whether it's a muscle gaining phase whatever phase you're you're jumping into whether it's just a period of time where you're going to help develop a better relationship with food that um the the main things are kept the main things and your the tasks and the practices and the skills that you develop are all feeding into um the education around that thing but also um you know, knowing that um, you're doing the right things at the right times and that there is plenty of flexibility for you to you know, have a have a perceived treat but to get to the point where you don't actually see it as a treat or, or as a a cheat meal or as a Joe, you know, I'm doing um, X so I can eat Y. Um, those sorts of things, I think, as a as a profession and as especially as athletes, um, we need to try and just get ourselves out of that um, cycle of, of of developing those those thought processes because that doesn't help anyone. Um, you shouldn't have to feel like you can't have something because of of um, you know, for whatever reason, and you have to be able to to manage these things so with all that said um, we'll get into this um, the very first thing I'm going to sp- speak about briefly is the the output side of things so um, where I'm at at the moment I'm, I'm already training for um, five days a week mostly in the morning time the the training sessions that I'm now doing are, are moving more towards a um, hypertrophy style training but still focusing on the power um side of things and um plyometrics and developing speed so i've um gone back to doing my uh, the hypertrophy cl- clusters so if anybody follows uh, jake tora on instagram i've got this program from him i've ran it once before so ran it in early January we ran a first um, very very successful block but only ran the first three weeks of it so it was like an eight by five setup um, and it's it's primarily to, to develop um, aerobic fitness in certain um, movements um, strength hypertrophy and um, athletic ability as well so it does kind of take into account all of the different goals at the same time and for the purpose of this episode, I'm not going to get into the weeds of talking about that, but um, that's the the training um, sessions that 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 I'm doing at the moment. Um, it goes eight by five, then it goes into ten by four, um, increasing the the percentage of one one RM that we'll be using, and then finishing off the last two weeks of the eight week block as a, a twelve by three. So it'll be interesting to see how how we go in terms of maintaining or, or gaining strength while still being in a calorie deficit so that's the the output i will try and add in a run or two a week but one sprint style session and one um, long distance run just to 
one, maintain that longer duration fitness. Two, to, I suppose, add to the output side of things. And three, just so that I don't get too um, sucked into one side of the um, the the fitness um, spectrum, because I'm not trying to train for any specific, um, I suppose, sport or a specific time frame of a return to sport. There's a little bit more flexibility in how I run my conditioning, which is good, um, but that's. That's it from the, the training side of things. From a, a day to day, I'm going to aim across the week to get my 70,000 steps. So that is, um, on average about 10,000 a day, but there's flexibility there. So rather than looking at, at it from a day to day, I'm looking at it across the week or a rolling seven day average where the, the, previous seven days we're, we're hitting um, at least 10,000 which will add up to obviously 70,000 across the, the seven days and that again is just allow some flexibility in the day-to-day um, output stuff because there's going to be days where I'm going to spend a little bit more time in front of the laptop there'll be days where you'll be um, you get caught at work late and you can't for whatever reason or you can only get a certain amount and we do need to allow flexibility within that so that if that happens it doesn't become oh I haven't got my um, 10,000 steps today and you end up chasing them tomorrow and it just you know, again the snowball effect of of negativity and you start kind of doubting yourself whether you're going to be able to do it long term so we, we just mitigate that by allowing the flexibility of saying okay it's a weekly total um, it's a seven day rolling average and we can look to um, to hit those targets um, and that's where the running comes in as well. Like, there'll be days where I won't be able to hit it. So if I go for a, a 5k run, I can you know, chalk down maybe six or 7,000 steps. And then do the training in the morning. I'll probably get about a thousand to 1500 in the morning as well. So that leaves me with only a handful then to get in the evening time. So that covers then the, the output side of things. And you don't need to go down the road of, of adding in any hit sessions, um, any high intensity, um, training sessions. I'm keeping my training the exact same as I was. I'm just adding in extra steps because my steps have been awful lately. Um, I've, I'm not afraid to admit that my, my daily average is about three or four thousand. Um, which for me is, is dreadful because when I'm back to work and I'm working normally, I'm, I'm hitting like jump 15,000 plus on a daily basis. So I never really had to worry about output that much, which has, kind of um added to the 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 easier weight gain that I've managed over the last 12 months and for those of you who are, who don't know um since I broke my arm I've gained the best part of about 15 kilos so I'm now sitting at about 96 97 I was 82 83 so that just shows you how um easy it can be to to gain that now having said that I I have trained fairly like rigidly over the last five or six months. So um, not all of it is bad um, fat, fat gain, but I, I, I would say um, a good proportion of it is. So there is a lot to lose. But in terms of output, I'm not doing anything drastic, not um, not trying to reinvent the wheel or, or try and kill myself on a daily basis, keeping the, the sessions the same because they are what got me to being strong in the first place. Um, hit 130 kilo 
um, full depth back squat PB last week. Hit a hundred kilo bench press last week. Hit an eighty five kilo clean and jerk last week, and didn't hit any deadlift PB. But I haven't done them in about three months, so we're not too worried about that. But so strength is on the up. Uh, it's the strongest I've ever been. Again, I say this every time um, I get to a point where I'm doing something like this, but we're in a good place. Um, I'm looking to probably shed overall about 10 pounds, probably. Um, so sitting, the start of it was about 219. As of today, I'm a, I'm a week in and I am 216, 270. So we're three pounds down after the first week, which is um, a good chunk of um work in the first week but like I said that always happens due to just a, a more of a, a strict focus on my routine um, a strict focus on how much I'm eating um, how regular I'm eating and all those other outputs are, are obviously increasing if I'm going from an average of three to four thousand steps up to ten thousand uh, that's over double so there, there is going to be some positive ramifications in terms of um calorie expenditure across the day which which will aid in the um how many calories i can allocate then to eat on a daily basis which is what we'll talk about now with the calorie deficit i know the, the question everybody asks is like how much um or how many calories um should you eat a day um if you're in a fat loss phase and it's no surprise that the, the answer you always get is it depends. It like it depends on so many things. As I've mentioned there, it depends on how out, how much uh, output you have every day, what your lifestyle situation is, what your working situation is. Like, are you a, a desk job worker or are you a manual laborer? Like, are you more active than someone else? How old are you? Um, how like how much training do you do what type of training do you do so someone who's um, more of an endurance athlete versus someone who's a um, bodybuilder or just a casual gym goer will have drastically different different outputs as well so those questions come into to play for me you can use all the, the calorie calculators in the world but they're just a best guess scenario so use whatever um, calorie calculators you want to use um, like straight off the top of my head I I couldn't honestly tell you um, I think if you're going to um, use a, um, a best guess calculator take your body weight in pounds and multiply it by like 12 um, and then that will give you a rough estimate of how many calories you should be eating. I think so. Um, and then after that, then basically eat that amount of calories for the week. Um, and if you go up, then you're eating too much. If you go down, you're eating too little or you're eating enough for your goal. If your goal is fat loss, um, and then you can you can adjust it from there, and then it starts to become kind of week to week or monthly tweaks, um, rather than concentrating on on what a, a generic calculator says that you should be eating, because if the calculator says you should be eating two thousand four hundred or two thousand five hundred, but you're gaining a half kilo a week, and your main goal is fat loss, then the the calculator is wrong, 
um, and you need to adjust and uh, account for that. So the calculators are fine to give you a, a, a rough landing spot and then it's a case of taking your weekly uh, measurements, weekly um, averages and then making small adjustments here and there. The way I've done it is I set my landing spot at about 2,200. Um, that was based on my average um, expenditure roughly, I think it's about anywhere between 2,500 and, and 3,000 um, based on a couple of things, my my body weight, um, the calculator that I have um, and the, the kind of average um, data tracking from the watch that I have. So I have a Garmin 235. It's not a incredibly accurate watch, terms of, of calorie expenditure but it's a, a, a decent guess so my plan was i'm going to set the the range at about 2200 to 2400 which roughly gives me a deficit of about 500 calories a day and then i'm going to eat that and then weigh myself every single day for the first two weeks and then see how I get on. So if we're, if we're dropping too much, um, we need to, to add in a bit more. If we're not dropping enough, then we need to either drop calories back a little bit more or add in a little bit more extra, um, output. So whether that's jump an extra 2000 steps here or there. Um, but you have to give yourself time to adapt to the situation. Um, I would say 10 days at least, um, of consistency. Um, now I say that off the back of, I was consistent for the first six days up until Saturday. Um, and then I had a pizza Saturday, but I counted for it and I, I wasn't up in weight. I was the same weight, which is good. Um, and then Sunday and Monday, I took yesterday off and obviously enjoyed it, um, thoroughly, but probably ate a little bit in excess, which is going to affect it a little bit, but, I'm not going, I allowed myself that. I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't feel like I had to get up in the morning and do a run to, to make up for it. Um, just get back up on the horse, get back to my 2200 uh, for the next few days and see where, see where we land in terms of, um, weight, loss, weight gain. In terms of tracking as males, we can get away with tracking every day or every other day because we don't tend to fluctuate as much. We will fluctuate based on volume of food, uh, time of day, um, water intake and things like that. But compared to females, if there's any females listening to this, we, we as males don't fluctuate as much. Whereas on a weekly basis, um, the hormonal fluctuations will account for some of the fluctuations in weight with regards to females. So it's just important to, to recognize that. So if you are like as males, we can weigh ourselves every second day, every third day, or even every day and take weekly averages and where or compare ourselves week to week. Whereas with females, if you are going to, to do something like that, I would say weigh yourself week to week, but only compare the weights month to month. Um, and that's if we're using body weight as a measure of progress. Not everybody has to do that um, because body weight can be affected by so much. It tends to be a poor um, indicator on its own of, of progress. Now, I've been doing this for a little bit longer, so I know um, 
like what percentage or what fluctuations I can discount as fat loss or fat gain. And I know how much is going to be, um, like relative, I know how much I'm going to be up after a day of eating a little bit more and I can tell how long that's going to take to, to flatten out. So I know, I know all these things just from, um, experience of, of doing these things, but I don't think we can go down the road of, of throwing the, the weighing scales out altogether. I think it suits certain people, some people it doesn't. So we just have to just be careful of that. Um, you can use, um, body measurements like your tape measurements and stuff as a better indicator. Um, you can use subjective measurements like how clothes fit. Um, again, and even like, um, comments from other people who, who notice it before we do. So there's loads of different ways in which you can track your progress. So don't think that you have to be confined to just using body weight. I'm just choosing to use body weight because I have a certain marker in my head that I would like to hit. Um, and I'm going to obviously jump aim towards that. When looking at body weight as a measure of progress and you look at, um, weight gain or weight loss, um, I would say about a pound a week would be a, um, an average to aim for uh, depending on like half a pound to the pound a week um on average across the week of a loss um would be you know very slow and sustainable you could go upwards of two pounds a week if you were going to be very very aggressive with the diet but I, i'm not going to um so that's what i'll, I'll aim for um so a pound a week over the next obviously eight weeks is eight pounds gets me to about 209. Um, I think ultimately I'd like to land around 200 to 205 would be a, a really nice um, um, you know, spot for me to, to sit at for a while and see how we get on. But it, again, I, I'm in a position where I've never been this heavy before. So I don't know really how much I have to lose. So it's we're, we are playing this week by week, you know, progress photos, um, tracking measurements and stuff like that every two weeks, um, tracking performance indicators as well, because at the end of the day, I don't want to be losing fat and like reducing my um, athleticism at the same time, because that's not what we want. Um, if I'm dropping weight and I see my jumps and my sprint speed shoot right up, then we're on the right track. Um, if my sessions are being affected by lack of energy because my calorie deficit is too low, then we've got to add some back in or, or we, we jump alternate the timing of, of when I'm going to actually eat my meals as well. So we've got to look at that. So ultimately I'm looking at probably about a 500 calorie deficit per day. The, the, the target is like two, two, 2200, um, calories a day um, the range will be from between like 1700 um as far as like 2500 on any given day similar to the steps i won't be saying like 2200 every day um some days you might eat a lot less um and have greater outputs or calorie deficit is a bit more to account for for heavier days where i know i'm going to be eating um a little bit more again for example i had i think on average it was about 2200 a day except for Friday, um, I had 1700 and I did a two and a half K run. Um, so again, just extending that output as well. Um, and that was just down to the fact that I knew I was going to be having 
kebabs at the weekend that were going to be a lot higher in calories um, and I just wanted to account for it, allow myself that kind of budget um, of more calories to eat on that specific day rather than eating your 2200 as normal and then getting to the weekend and you know, pushes you like you almost undo your, your calorie um, deficit for the week in that singular day um, which makes it a little bit more difficult then to actually um, you know, be in a calorie deficit long term. So uh, that's just something to be accounted for as well. But all in all, they're, they're the big blocks that are important. They're the ones that um, are going to take up the most focus. They're the ones that, in terms of data tracking, they're the ones that we're going to be looking at the most um, and keeping an eye on so that we keep them in check. And relating that back to the trends that I'm seeing on a weekly basis. So if I'm um, increasing in weight um, during the week, then obviously if I compare that back to how many calories I'm eating a day, um, then I know I'm eating too much or too, or too little, depending on how the scales are going. Um, I won't track every day because as creatures of habit, we tend to eat the same meals quite often. So I, I can get to the point now where I can actually eyeball meals and know that they're give or take um, plus or minus maybe 50 or 100 calories. So we just account for that as well. Just like to finish on um, like almost a, a rapid fire of um, things that I suppose won't talk about too much, but that, that are important um, to know um, in the hierarchy of nutrition goes as follows. So adherence is number one. So if you're setting up a diet phase or a fat loss phase, you have to set it up with you as an individual in mind. What foods do you like? What exercise do you like? Um, how often do you like to exercise? How um, intense do you like your exercise to be and then build the fat loss phase around that rather than thinking you have to do x or y when in reality you don't need to because if you don't stick to it then it's not going to work and that's why um, adherence is number one and it's the priority so um, that's the first thing the next thing is it's it's calories and energy balance um, so we need to be in a, a negative energy balance so calorie deficit um, over a prolonged period of time to stimulate fat loss um, then we look at our macronutrients so our proteins carbs and fats relatively unimportant in the grand scheme of things but in protein we're going to keep a minimum of 1.6 grams per kilo of body weight or um, that would be two or would it be a gram? I think it's 0 0.7 um, grams per pound of body weight because I know I've given my, my body weight in pounds. Um, but um, 0 0.7 to 1 gram per pound of body weight, the, the upper limit is probably a bit much because that puts me at around 200 and something. But I think 200 and... 19 to 20 grams of protein which is probably a bit high um, and a bit unrealistic I don't need to be hitting that high um, my 140 150 in and around that mark is probably enough for me um, make it easier to to kind of stay 
in that calorie deficit. Fats then will keep a minimum of um, about 0.7 grams per kilo body weight or um, what is it, 0.3 um, grams per pound, something like that anyway. I think it works out at about 70 or 60 or 70 grams per day, so roughly, uh, 60 to 75 grams maybe. Um, and then whatever's left over then can be um, can be my carbs. So we keep carbs high so that we can you know, keep energy high for training. Um, if needed, we can go lower carb on, on one day and have higher protein if we need to. Um, the range is there with the protein that if we're, we're lacking in energy, we can cut back on the protein and add in more carbs just to, to get the energy levels back up if, if needed. Um, next on the agenda would be, um, micronutrients. So making sure we have enough fruit, vegetables and kind of taking our multivitamin every day to hit our micronutrient targets to maintain health. Because if we're not healthy, then it's, you know, it's not worth the shite really if we're not healthy. Um, so we gotta, we gotta pay attention to those. And then you get into things like meal timing, um, and, meal timing and meal frequency and supplements which are relatively unimportant meal timing is not important at all for um fat loss unless you're you're having to drop your calories back so far that you need to start paying a bit more attention to when you eat your meals around training times so that you can um actually fuel a training session properly so if you're training leaving time are you like can you backload your carbs to the evening time and have kind of a, a lower carb, higher protein meal in the morning um, and lunchtime to save a lot more of your carbs around training times? Um, so that's where meal timing can come into account. But I don't, I don't think for the majority of people that um, you need to worry about too much. I, for one, certainly I'm worried about it. I'm still training in the morning time having not eaten. Um, I will, on the odd occasion, have a can of Monster in the morning or have a... Um, pre-workout, but for the most part, I'm just going to go, sh- like, eat my, my dinner the night before, get up at half five and go and train at six, um, fasted pretty much. Um, and it's, and it's no problem. If you are training in the morning time, then it might make more sense to eat slightly later. Um, so that by the time you wake up, then you can have like a snack in the morning, like a, a, a banana or an apple or a bit of fruit, whatever it is, um, before training. Um, but don't eat so late that it affects um, your ability to get to sleep. Um, and yeah, your supplements at the moment, the only supplements I'm taking are my whey protein to keep my protein intake high. I'm splitting it between the, the regular like whey protein and the clear whey from my protein because there's obviously less calories in it. So if I'm short... Um, say calories at the end of the day, but I need to hit my protein intake. I can have the clear way. Um, and it doesn't take, I think it only takes up about 120 calories, 80 to 120. Whereas the, the normal way when you mix it with milk will take up about 250 to 300. So it's almost half it. So it's a, a, a good, um, addition or substitution, um, when it comes to upping your, um, calorie intake as well. So, um, for the most part that's about it like things aren't getting real drastic um we just again try and hit that 2200 calorie mark on a daily basis or or on average across the week um 
and you know, keep training as normal. Um, keep an eye on subjective markers of, um, I suppose, health like you know, irritability, tiredness, um, you know, loss of wanting to train, loss of appetite, things like that, where you can feel like you know, you're not fueled enough. Um, but I think for the most part, like what I've covered in that 36 minutes, um, should be enough to get you started into thinking about what you actually need to do for yourself and how to go about, um, starting a fat loss phase. Um, I will check back in with this maybe the end of next week to see where we are. I think we're down. Um, even with the weekend that we had, we're down two pounds, um, from 219. So, um, including after the weekend that was had. So we're on the right path so far. Um, we had a good weekend, um, a lot of drinks at home, um, celebrating Claire's, um, new job. So she got a new role within the company that she works for. So we had to celebrate that. Um, and that, that's important too. Like you have to be able to keep your, your social activity, um, relatively unchanged to a certain degree and that your, your dieting and your, your want to, to have better comp- body composition shouldn't supersede the, the, the need to actually be a, a good person. Um, because I know some people can, can get ratty. Um, and just be bad to be around. I know you're getting into extremes there, but, um, like, you know, again, the want to, to have a better body composition shouldn't impact your, um, relationships or your work or any other aspect of your life, um, in any dramatic way. Um, and it should be complementary of that and not, um, a hindrance to, um, having a more fulfilling life. As a, as a, I suppose a general population who likes to train, but also as an athlete, like your, your body composition phase shouldn't negatively, um, hinder your performance on the pitch and your ability to, um, perform athletically, but also, um, technically and tactically. Like you gotta, I suppose now is the time to do it where there's no games going ahead and there's not a, a whole pile of like, cognitive and, and psychological decisions being made at high speeds as there are in games um, and therefore it's a good time to, to start looking at doing something like this now um, and on that bombshell I'm going to use this as a plug um, to remind you of those listening that there is still a handful of spaces to go on the online coaching group for field sport athletes specifically, um, GA athletes, but it's, again, it's not confined, confined to that, um, niche. Um, there is a handful of spaces. So if you want to get signed up, you've got another maybe 10 days to do it, um, before I cut it off, um, until May. Um, and I'm also taking on one or two new, um, online clients as well so if you're interested in getting started specifically around the, the body composition area and improving your um you know, your athleticism while improving your body composition get in touch with me now thanks for listening to the podcast that's me ranting and raving about starting a fat loss phase that's me on the brain dump for episode number 11 maybe 12 
I'm not sure at this stage. I think I'm going to mark this one as the, the episode that I stop telling you what episode it is um, and just get cracking on with it until we start bringing um, guests on. But for the most part, thank you very much for watching. Watching? Thank you very much for listening. I um, hope you took fr- something from it. Um, feedback is always greatly appreciated and I hope you guys have an amazing week and I will catch you back here next week.